May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? With the person before jaws all on the floor like pan like tommy just burst in the door we started whooping her ass worse than before they first were divorced sewing her over furniture it's the return of the oh wait no wait you're kidding he didn't just say what i think he did hello i'm john and i'm adam and this is backwash on the marshall mathers lp parental discretion advised (laughs) when was the first time you heard eminem uh it would have been Pre the release of his first album. It wasn't quite... I, I wasn't on the EP, his first EP, but I would have been... No, I, I would have been aware of him after the fact. I, for some reason, I was listening to the radio after midnight on a, a Saturday. It would have been a Sunday morning. I was listening to Live 105, which is the local modern rock station in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I heard... My name is Uncensored, and my ears perked up because I'd never heard um, lyrics like those. Uh, it, it, was, it was My Name Is and the, the Bloodhound Gang's Firewater Bird were the two times where the radio caught me off guard. Like, <laughs> what is this? And both times, for they were played uncensored. Were you aware... That these yeah, were would, white people. No, I heard this song. I was like, what is this? Then the DJ says Eminem. And I think his name is Eminem. <laughs> and then I didn't really think about the Slim Shady LP. You, you weren't on that one? That didn't, that didn't catch you? I, I was aware of, you know, I liked My Name Is. I was aware of the singles that followed, but I didn't really listen to the album. That didn't, uh, that didn't hook you. Yeah, I mean, I remember at the 1999 MTV Video Music Awards, Eminem performed, and I was like, whatever. I was more focused on the Nine Inch Nails performance. And then one day in uh, journalism class, Lily Lopez told me or said, "Have you heard? Have you listened to the Marshall Ma- uh, the Slim Shady LP?" And I said, no. And she's like, you should listen to it. You'd like it. And then I bought it. Then I bought it. And, you know, I like it. But, you know, a few months later, the Marshall Mathers LP is just like a juggernaut. Like, just out of nowhere, Eminem barrels in, into in, into the, the popular music scene uh, with his sophomore album. Yeah, essentially becoming the most popular musician on the planet. His, his rise was just stratospheric right i think it was helped by being on forgot about dre which you kind of stole from dr dre and that was a that was a big single he had the better verses for sure yeah and i think that elevated his profile and that was like six months before the marshall mathers lp uh was released but do do you think it was like right place right time talking about the year i mean marshall mathers lp came out in 2000. 2000. So we're we're pre a lot of things. We're certainly pre the current world. We're pre 9/11. We're, like I, we're post a few major I'm trying to things. Grasp how this album was so massive, right? Do you, do you think it it was because he was like the antidote to 
and sync and and Britney Spears. I think that's definitely a factor. I mean, the rise of hip hop is has been a a long and steady thing, and it's still currently going. Hip hop currently outsells all genres of music. So, is this the beginning? Was this the middle? Was this whatever it is now? Certainly, shitty boy band and bad pop music. Because there's good pop music, but the bad pop music probably needed needed an anti hero. Here you have Eminem. So, Marshall Mathers LP was released a week after Britney Spears's Oops, I Did It Again. <laughs> and I remember that because someone made a mashup. Mashups were nascent at the time. Someone made a mashup of The Real Slim Shady and Oops, I Did It Again. <laughs> and, I, and I played it at school. Anyhow, do, do you think the Marshall Mathers LP could be released today? Well, lyrically, it's still, it's still shocking. I gave it a run through... Just to freshen up, it has been a long time since I, I've listened I, to it, think, top to bottom. I think Twitter would lose its shit if it was released today. The most shocking thing about it to me was the fact that I was still kind of mildly shocked at things that were being said. Usually that stuff just starts to fade away. And I think the most shocking thing is that I didn't find it shocking. No, I find it slightly more... I was kind of like, oh, wow, now, more so then, I didn't... That was in one ear and out the other for me then. I mean, there's a 17-year gap between that time period, but still, yeah. I don't think it would fly quite the same. Clearly had problems then. People took issue with it, but... And all Eminem had to do was uh, perform with Elton John at the Grammys. (laughs) And all was forgiven. PR PR works good, and he had good people working for him. Okay, let's, um, let's, let's go through the album track by track. But first, I have trivia. Eminem originally intended to call this album Amsterdam... Not only because it's the ecstasy-producing capital of the world, but also because the questions he was asked by Dutch journalists irked him so much that he wrote four songs about them on the plane ride home from his tour. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if anybody was sick of hearing the same shit being asked over and over again, it definitely would have been him. Right. Okay. Track one, Public Service Announcement 2000. So... Can I just start off with my complaint about the skits being the worst part of the album well skits are always the worst part i know but (laughs) so the thing about this skit is it's a direct callback to the track one on the slim shady lp yeah and this album marshall mathers lp is full of callbacks direct callbacks to the slim shady lp and i wonder if it's possible to fully appreciate this album if you haven't heard the Slim Shady LP. You'd probably be okay. This isn't missing a season of The Leftovers here. I think you can probably grasp what's going on to some degree. Music is different than shows to me. I think you you can skip around. I mean, you're trying to tell, tell a story here that's related to what you were telling on the first thing, but I don't think it's that important. I still think you would find this, you'd still be able to appreciate this one way or another. So Public Service Announcement 2000 is... The opening salvo of a of an antagonistic album, which leads us to track two, "Kill You." He opens. First impression is a song about killing women. <laughs> Starting off hot, like really. <laughs> yes, I want to bring up two lyrics. He says in the song, "Bitch, I'ma kill you. I ain't done. This ain't the chorus. I ain't even. I ain't even drug you in." the woods yet to paint the forest foreshadowing track 16 on this album um that 
we'll discuss the chronology of this album uh, because it's very it's very con- the Eminem musical universe is is kind of convoluted. So here he is foreshadowing track sixteen, Kim, and then he says these eighty G's a week to say the same things twice, twice, whatever. I hate these things. Per genius, rap genius. He intentionally enunciates twice as tweets in order to fit in the rhyme scheme, after which he quote-unquote oopsily corrects himself. This would fall into the oops device category of slim hop techniques theorized by Walter Cronkite in his 2012 book, The Year Slip Hop Broke. No, wait, in his 2012 The Year Slip Hop Broke blog post. So this is a technique to... You know, at least he didn't rhyme the same word with the same word. That's that's not good. But mispronounce that like yeah, him saying tweets and then correcting himself. I, I I I chuckle whenever I hear that. It's not lost on him what he's doing. He knows. But no 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 no. He does say neither when he should use either. Uh, well, gra- says, grammatic grammatically, grammatically sure. I'm sure he he may not be a hundred percent. There's more but. horror on this album. And one of his songs, he says undoubtedly which annoys me every time i hear it because he should say undoubtedly undoubtedly yeah no one no one corrects him just let him like okay i I hear that in common use though track three stan i love the power move of using the sampling the music and then just sending her the track and being like here's what we did hope you like it (laughs) i mean obviously she wasn't pissed and everything flew fine but how did he stumble upon this song like is it just listening to adult contemporary music? One no, night? someone he, he someone else was playing the Dido track. He had heard it. They and he's he, like, he grabbed it. He's like, I need that I, shit. I got to I, I got to sample this Dido song. Well, this is this is what makes Stan the song it is. I suppose he someone knew. So what we don't. Um, so so this song, you know, he samples Dido, and the the song he samples itself was became a, a, a single mm-hmm. like the white white flag uh, uh, was itself a single and and a video and I was trying to think of how how many times this has happened yeah it's kind of a reverse it's a reverse yeah, and course I, I think of um, the Macklemore same love song the song he samples there sure also was spun off and then I think of Kanye West. Father Search My Hands, Part 2, Panda. And that one arguably probably produced maybe a more, I guess if you run the numbers, that may have actually been a more successful backwards transition. Whereas the other right. ones, like Dido, wasn't, that track wasn't nearly as big as Stan was, right? Right. You know, yeah. That one, so, the Panda one, maybe went the reverse way. So, so Stan is about um, uh, someone who's obsessed with Eminem. De- Devin Sawa in the video. Yeah, um, is 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 this the highlight of Devin Sawa's career? Uh, we don't talk about Devin Sawa very much. Casper, that's the pinnacle of Devin Sawa's career. You think he was a star of the stand video? Devin Sawa was Casper, right? He was mm-hmm. Casper. Yeah. Cas- the the human Casper only shows up for like five minutes in Casper. This has to be the highlight of. When his you're career. a mid '90s hunk, that's all you need to be in anything, uh-huh. I guess. Stan, he wonders why. Eminem doesn't call him. And I wonder why he thinks Eminem would, would ever call him. Right? Sure, maybe. But uh, Dear Slim, you still ain't called? Mm. Do we know that he gave him his number at any point? 
Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Stan says, you could have signed an autograph for Matthew. That's my little brother, man. He's only six years old. We waited in the blistering cold for you for four hours, and you just said no. That's pretty shitty, man. You're like his fucking idol. What is a six-year-old doing listening to Eminem and idolizing Eminem? Well, parental guidance is probably what created Eminem in the first place, a lack of. So here you go. The cycle continues. And then Stan references Phil Collins in the air. So he's obsessed with Eminem and familiar with Phil Collins' oeuvre uh, enough to reference the content of a song. Mm-hmm. And his poorly thought out last, it's not a letter because he's recording on a cassette before, before he dies. So Eminem and Phil Collins. All right. And Stan says, P.S. We should be together too, which, okay, but, but he's not gay or he doesn't have feelings for Eminem. He just wants to be together with Eminem. And the, the song ends with Stan has his girlfriend in the trunk of, of his car it's, I assume inspired by Bonnie, 97 Bonnie and Clyde from the Slim Shady LP, yeah. where Eminem puts his wife in a, in a car and then drives to throw her into the ocean. Some of the actions are directly inspired by previous material, which you'll so, find. So, but Stan is mad at Eminem. Why does he have his girlfriend in, in the trunk of his car? He's emulating his idol. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand Stan. Okay. Rap genius, this song has cemented itself in history with Stan being entered in the Oxford English Dictionary as an informal noun defined as an overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular celebrity. I thought that, you know how young people use Stan as a term? Yeah. I thought um, it was derived from this song. But then I read about how it's a portmanteau of stalker fan. So... (laughs) Did Eminem coin Stan or did, did it exist use, before? Did it exist? Did it exist right. Exist did he before? use it because it, it it already existed? That's a good question. Because I, for, for you know, up until uh, last month, I thought I assumed it was an Eminem reference. I guess I didn't realize one way or another. And in 2013, on the Marshall Mathers LP two, because Eminem re- released a sequel to this album, and on the song. In the song, Bad Guy, Stan's younger brother, Matthew, avenges his brother's death. So Eminem recorded a sequel to Stan uh, in 2013. I haven't Uh, heard that one. So uh, Stan's brother, Matthew, the six-year-old who is really into Eminem. I told you, the cycle continues. Okay. Track four, Paul, skit, another direct reference or follow-up to a Paul skit on the Slim Shady LP. Track five, who knew, who knew this is about bad parenting. (laughs) And uh, this was supposed to be the lead single from the album. Jimmy Iovine asked or decided he wanted something more radio friendly, even though this is, this is a fairly radio friendly song. Yeah. So I assume it wasn't the lead single because he says, fuck shit ass bitch cunt. (laughs) Shoobity doops, skibbity bebop, or Christopher Reeve, <laughs> Sonny Bono skis horses and hitting some trees. We should have seen it coming with him referencing Christopher Reeve and Sonny Bono. Yeah, how the tree, how lame Eminem would become. You think that was a 
already a dated reference? Uh, I mean, he references Christopher Reeve twice on this album. And per genius, Christopher Reeve would become a common target for him throughout his career. It seems like a suspiciously easy target. Like someone who, what are they going to do to you in retaliation? Right. I mean, Sonny Bono obviously died. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> but what what was fine then just seems... Like, why, why do you think young people find Eminem lame? What do you think millennials find Eminem lame? When he was massive, he was, like, he was the shit uh, when we were in high school. I could speculate just hip-hop's a lot different than it used to be. He's still referencing the same pop, <laughs> pop culture as, you know, when he was young. Yeah. Uh, he, he hasn't grown out of that. Um, so that. So that doesn't help, but... We're talking right now that these references were kind of dumb then. We still accepted it, but we were just like, yeah, kind of stupid. But they haven't aged any better is the thing. So they're even worse now. I mean, there's kids listening. There's a kid that'll hear this and they'll have no idea who A, Christopher Reeves even is or Sonny Bono. They just literally don't know. Think that might help. They'd be like, well, it doesn't make a difference. They don't know who it is. They don't know it's a bad reference because they don't even know who they are. Track six, Steve Berman. Uh, Steve Berman is the president of sales and marketing at Interscope Records and agreed to play himself on this lame skit. Yeah, it's super lame. <laughs> Track seven, The Way I Am. So this is the first beat Eminem produced on his own. And I dig it. I, the piano loop and the, the bell chimes. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a decent track. <laughs> Marilyn Manson, who is referenced in the song, remixed it with Daniel Oner. Mm-hmm. And the remix is one of the most terrible remixes I've ever heard. So don't don't seek it out. It's 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 dreadful. Zigzags in this bag of this weed It gives me the shit needed to be The most meanest MC on this sea On this earth and since birth I've been cursed with this curse To just curse and just blur This berserk and bizarre shit that works And it sells and it helps in itself To relieve all this tension Dispensing these sentences Get in this dress that's been eating me recently Off of this chest and I rest Trivia, uh, this is one of the only rap songs To rely heavily on Anapestic tetrameter For anapestic feet Da da dum per line. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire, in fact, the entire track except the hook uses this meter. Uh, Anapestic tetrameter is more familiar from comic poetry, as in "Twas the Night Before Christmas," "Yertle the Turtle," and other Doctor Seuss stories. I since I was listening to Eminem to refresh, since I was listening to this album to refresh or whatever, things things came back. They got stuck in my subconscious or whatever, and uh, you know, I I was kind of I was helping cook and kind of repeating the the hook a little bit and whenever you just kind of say the whatever you say i am part uh so, uh, amber so, amber immediately came back with like the whole thing and i mean i know she hasn't heard it forever and she just kept going and it's pretty funny how easy that shit comes back to you the hook is kind of uh, nonsensical though so it's I'm fun to say though that. it's a right. fun one to say but it, it doesn't like I'm whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, why would I say I am whatever you say I am? Well, see, it sounds kind of Dr. Seuss-ish a little bit. And then he says, yeah, radio won't even play my jam. That's not true. Every radio station played Eminem. You always, you got to play the victim. You can't. And it, he even references how uh, he was rotated on rock and roll stations in the song that he says radio won't even play his jam. So, 
Okay, Eminem. He has to play the victim. And this, this is the first song he references NSYNC. He references NSYNC a lot on this album. Not a lot, but a, a, a handful of times. Uh, and the Backstreet Boys just get off easy. <laughs> he, 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 all, all his, um, perhaps his, the damage was already done. The writing was on the wall for them. Or, or, or perhaps it's easier to rhyme sync with stuff as opposed to boys or, or, or Backstreet. It's a little easier. Yeah. Going back to the, um, the the rhyme scheme, I don't think, you know, among young people who think Eminem is lame, I don't know if they've heard or I guess they just don't appreciate how whatever, regardless of what you think about Eminem, he, he does take on unusual uh, rhyme schemes. Like Lose Yourself is another song where no one no one really raps like that. <laughs> It's noticeably different from other yes. from other techniques he uses. He switches them up regardless of what you like, think like, of them. Like he's 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 trying. We're yeah. you know contemporary rap. A lot of it is just mumbled and you know whatever. Rap. Track eight, the real Slim Shady, the first single, the last song recorded because Jimmy Iovine wanted uh, a pop single, and Jimmy Iovine basically wanted. Uh, another my name is <laughs> he wanted to follow that strategy we'll, we'll give the people a poppy first single with pop culture references galore and eminem repeated it again for the eminem show without me uh same same playbook same blueprint so the real slim shady i mean where would you rank him my name is without me without me is probably third but like my name is or the real slim shady i'd probably go the my name is Okay, so it's just diminishing returns to you. Yeah. Do you think it holds up? He, he references Tom Green's The Bum Bum song. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bloodhound Gang's Bad, you know, bad Touch. Uh, Again, I mean, it, it, there's, those there's were just a, like seminal to my youth, so I, I still enjoy the references, but... Well, Tom, Tom Green being mentioned is pretty hilarious to me, but right. man, how much of this is lost on so many kids? This is just like... It's like a yearbook of 1999-2000. Here's the thing. When it comes to things that are being like like funny or referenced pop culturally, I mean, you immediately... So it's, it's like a South Park episode. You just date. You do. You date. Well, we'll get to that, I think, later. Um, but, man, it just dates stuff so quickly. I mean, that's the thing, though. If you zap some of the... If you zap some of this stuff out, everything else is fine. He just always slipped something in, and you're just like, ugh, that's... <laughs> Barely getting by right now in the year 2000 or whatever year it is. And then everything around it was fine. Universal. Like wildly universal. Perhaps not remotely PC, but definitely universal. So the Marshall Mathers LP mm, drew uh, criticism is too light, but people did not like all the uh, homophobic lyrics and... I just want to note that it's amusing to me because Kathy Griffin is in the video for The Real Slim Shady, and she would later just become this gay icon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, M- Eminem performs with Elton John, and all's fine. So, genius correction. Genius says, uh, Fred Durst got up, you know, the lyric is about how Christina Aguilera decide, deciding whether to give head to Fred Durst or Carson Daly first. Genius says, this is in reference to the 2000 VMA show and its aftermath. 
Fred Durst got up on stage with Christina Aguilera to perform, but the rest of Limp Bizkit criticized him for it. To try to get their support back, Durst said that, I did it all for the nookie man, implying Christina gave him head. Then Carson Daly came out after and said that he was actually the one Christina gave head to. This is false. I don't know why it's on the Genius page, because the song was released before the 2000 Video Music Awards. Because, yeah, this came so, out in, yes. in May, and the VMAs are usually in June, right? The VMAs are, were in August or September. Oh, okay, even later. Then. All right. Oh, the movie awards are in June. Yeah, so this performance didn't happen, so Eminem could not have uh, referenced it. And... You know, Get your shit Limp together, Bizkit never, never performed at a Video Music Awards, which um, surprised me. Because back then, uh, MTV got everyone. They never did one, huh? No. As if it matters. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Limp Bizkit, track nine, Remember Me? Uh, this is a, a skippable. I, I, think he, I think Eminem just wanted to work with rappers he liked. Per Genius, the name of this track is quite appropriate. Most people who bought the album would have had to rack their brains to remember RBX mm-hmm. and Sticky Fingers. So yeah, this is know. just this... when you, you you're Eminem, you can work with people you want to. You call up people, you end up with a subpar track. Track, where are we? I'm back. Track, I'm back. I'm back. Again, another nonsensical chorus. That's why they call me Slim Shady. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> That one's it's a little like, creatively it, bankrupt. Yeah, it's like he had nothing to say. Yeah, that one's lazy. So this is the first song on the album with censored lyrics, even on the the dirty version. Eminem says, I take seven from Stand Em On The Line, add an AK-47 revolver and a nine. Yeah, it was like Columbine, wasn't it? Yes, he, he, on the recording is I take seven kids from Columbine, stand them all in line, add an AK-47 revolver in the nine. I wonder why he just let them censor it. Do you think because my logic is because nothing else is, people will wonder why. Well, I mean, they'll wonder why they'll wonder why it was censored and then perhaps look it up and then find out, oh, well, that's what it is. He could have rewritten the lyric, right? He could have re-recorded the song. That's what I'm saying. I think it was on purpose. Okay. Because it, it, to me, it would be like, okay, well, nothing else on this album is censored because obviously I bought the uncensored one. And then why is this censored? And you go look it up and you go, oh, all right. I see what you're doing. And then you read it and you think, oh, this is fucked up. That's my logic. That's what I would do. Okay. <laughs> it, it's like... Um... The Muhammad episode of South Park, right? Yeah. If you don't show up, people want to, you know, the more people want to see it. Precisely. Uh, Track 11, Marshall Mathers. Uh, Eminem says, I just wanted to spit fire in each verse and have a soft ass, innocent chorus. I remember listening to the album and this song was like, oh, he's... (laughs) he, uh, he's really going at everyone and everyone in his life, everyone in popular culture. He he references LFO. He references LFO. Quote: "New kids on the block sucked a lot of dick. Boy girl groups make me sick. Wonderful." Uh, again, this song uh, also has censored lyrics for legal reasons. This time, rhyming to his mom. Which is it, bitch, Mrs. Briggs or Ms. Mathers? It doesn't matter. Faggot. (laughs) 
So, I mean, you listen to it on the album, and it's just like a dead air, and then he says, you know... He says, that makes that last part of it hit real hard, because there's right, some silence right. before it, I guess. Um, the the censored lyric is, it doesn't matter, your attorney, Fred Gibson's, uh, you know, uh, but you shouldn't be calling uh specifically attorneys yes. out yeah so, if, if there's anybody again he could have re- he could have re-recorded this but he chose to just have this weird dead air followed by hey man track's game. done he hit it and that was and then he's done he's not returning back this isn't uh, the life of pablo here track 12 ken kniff this is a skit in which the insane clown posse are jointly filleting Ken Kniff. <laughs> and so it's, we need trivia here. Yes, enlighten us, please. Ken Kniff is a skit featuring Eminem's fictional gay character, Ken Kniff, and his rivals at the time, the Insane Clown Posse. So he has a fourth alter ego. Yeah, as if he this, doesn't have enough going on. Yeah. Um, this has been ranked as one of the most sexually explicit hip hop tracks of all time by a rap genius. Okay. Um, so on uh, the real Slim Shady, Eminem raps, and there's no reason that a, ma- a man and another man can't elope, which is followed by a disgusted ew in the background, and that's Ken Kniff. Oh. Uh, so when Eminem mentions homosexual things, it's usually followed by an ad lib from his fictional gay character, Ken Kniff. Ken Kniff is a character originally created by Aristotle. For use on his album, The Ken Kniff Show, Aristotle's original version of Ken is a bisexual adult male still attending high school. Ken is portrayed as having an expansive imagination coupled alongside a distinctly psychopathic mind state which rationalizes pedophilia and irrational hate for minor authority figures. All right. Eminem did not create Ken Kniff. He co-opted someone else's. So on Slim Shady LP, one of the Ken Kniff skit is Aristotle prank calling Eminem as Ken Kniff. And Eminem takes over as Ken Kniff on the Marshall Mathers LP in this skit where... You'd still have to do some digging to clarify this for yourself if you were confused. Right. Like, it's not Uh, super clear, all of this. uh, On the Eminem show, Ken Kniff appears in a skit... Uh, where he steps up to an empty stage and parodies the intro of the song Without Me in the microphone, changing the words to sound homosexual. On Relapse, he is also presented on the outro of the album in the skit, where he parodies two Relapse songs. Okay, Ken can also be heard on the Marshall Mathers LP2, singing a parody of Berserk. So Eminem uh, really likes Ken Kniff. He's showing his cards a little bit on his... Uh... His lack of humor. I think what he finds funny is... Or his laziness. Really misses the mark. That's why they call me Slim Shady. I'm back. I'm back. So this is a a person who's... who's, Sometimes firing on 12 cylinders and sometimes firing on two. Right. I mean, I don't remember what song it was that I was listening to, but a more recent Eminem song, I think Pinder was like... He's still bringing up NSYNC, right? Still, this is Eminem. This is Eminem. (laughs) Okay, lastly, Aristotle, angry with Eminem's use of his character, created a mixtape in his Kniff persona, ridiculing Eminem. So he didn't have permission to do it? So so 
dueling Ken Kniffs. And, and being even mad about someone stealing it in the first place. It wasn't good to begin with. Ken Kniff is given a place as one of the major characters on the Slim Shady show, where he's portrayed as a skinny, red-haired cutcase. So Ken Kniff is a ginger. Yeah. Creativity level low. Track 13, Drug Ballad. This is my favorite song on the album. Is because it? it's Because it's not about him being angry with people. It's just him singing about... Drugs. Or him rapping about drugs yeah doing drugs and i like the the piano is it a riff i don't know i like the piano instrumental part part the piano part of the instrument he's still referencing people mark Wahlberg, blah 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 anyways i agree i i, I don't think it's it's, it's, it's it doesn't it's, it's not a high track for me after it's it's a nice it's a nice breakup like five songs of him calling people a fags right yeah <laughs> track 14 amityville that's why we don't call it Detroit. We call it Amityville. Mm. You can get capped after just having a cavity filled. Okay. Uh, Detroit is so dangerous. So Amityville features Bizarre from D12. We need to talk about Bizarre and how hard he tries to be provocative. Fat dude wearing a shower cap. And his lyrics are just so crone worthy. Yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst D12 member for sure. And his delivery is just so flat and sleepy. I, I fucked my cousin in his asshole, slit my mother's throat. Okay. Uh, my little sister's birthday, she'll remember me for a gift. I had 10 of my boys take her virginity. Okay. It's not good. Yeah. Their, their mother wasn't raped. I, asked, I, I ate her pussy while she was asleep. Okay. okay. You, you fucking homo. That's what I said at my dad's funeral. Okay. I, and, uh, I'd trade him out for Obi Trice any day of the week. So the hook for Amityville is good, and this is wasted on Bizarre's verse. Trivia, this track was originally supposed to feature Outsiders member Young Z and Pace Wan, but Dr. Dre complained that the album too many features, which I don't think so, but... I'm, I'm surprised at really the lack of features. Right, so Dr. Dre complained that the album had too many features, which resulted in Eminem removing Young Z and Pace Wan's verses and making the last one himself. Pace Wan believes that their verses have been permanently deleted. <laughs> this resulted in a rift between Eminem and Pace Wan. The latter has released diss tracks aimed at Eminem. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you kept bizarre, but cut us out. I just think it's rich that the album had too many features coming from Dr. Dre. Speaking of features, track 15, Bitch Please 2. So this is a sequel to a, um, a Snoop Dogg track. Featuring Exhibit and Nate Dog with Dr. Dre and Eminem added. And you don't see too many sequels to songs. I'm thinking like Metallica did <laughs> Forgiven, Three Unforgivens. And so is Bitch Please to a mulligan? Like, was Dr. Dre unhappy with the first version? Because I, I just heard the first version on the radio yesterday and Snoop Dogg's. Uh, lyrics are his lyrics and his delivery is so much better on on the second one than it is on the first one same with exhibit is it like this is a chance to do over it's a pretty loaded song or is it basically just a victory cigar for aftermath records right uh dr dre just wants to uh, round up all of his friends let's get the boys together yeah and you know delivery wise 
everyone's on point on this song. It's, it flows very well. And I wonder if Eminem just wrote everyone's <laughs> lyrics for them. Maybe that's why it's better. Dr. Dre certainly didn't. So Bitch Please 2, Eminem. So, okay. So uh, on Remember Me, Eminem and his heroes are people he respects. And on Bitch Please 2, Eminem is the last to rap, which is unusual for, so, you know, usually when you have people featured, you go first and mm. then they, they, you know, they follow. But on these two tracks, he goes last. Whereas with the tracks with the two D, the two tracks with D12 members, he goes first. I think that he's pretty respectful to rap history to some degree. So I think maybe he's like these guys, they earned it first, you know? Go, go, going last is dangerous because if, if the song sucks, people will just stop after the first rapper. Yeah, but he's pretty strong or, when, when being you get featured. Like, so. You get like faded out on the radio when they, they're running out of time. <laughs> they're just like, you know, we'll fade out the song. It's like he's featuring himself and he knows he's usually the strongest verse whenever he's featured. It's a bold move putting yourself last, especially ahead of these guys. And Eminem raps 80 pound balls, dick six, dicks, dick six inch long. He's not one to... Uh, it sounds to me like he has a cancer. Well, he's also uh, okay being average, I guess, and admitting it. Okay, so this track, Dr. Dre, it's Snoop Dogg, it's Exhibit, it's Eminem, and it's Nate Dogg. Let's compare it to the song Drake recorded for LeBron, LeBron's movie, LeBron's documentary, Forever, which features Drake on the chorus, Drake, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, and Eminem, who also... Goes the last on that song. Yeah. Uh, which song has more star power? I would probably say the Drake one. Don't you think? But this one is, I mean, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are legends. You don't get a lot of Dr. Dre anymore. Yeah. Snoop, I mean, what is Snoop doing? He's he's baking cookies with Martha Stewart. He's time at the time. Every, I know, I'm trying to consider that at the moment. He's like, cut his hair and he's on Empire or whatever, right? Kanye just doesn't show up for anybody, though. He doesn't anymore. But this, yeah, at the time, Exhibit is he's he's the he's a low man on the totem pole here. I, I, he was hot at the time though. Would pit my ride, I think. No, Exhibit had a moment, and he's fine. But right. he's still a low man on that totem pole. Okay, <laughs> track sixteen, Kim. So this was referen- This song was referenced on track two, "Kill You," and this Kim is a prequel to. 97 Bonnie and Clyde on the Slim Shady LP and 97 Bonnie and Clyde is titled that as an homage to Tupac's 96 Bonnie and Clyde. So (laughs) the prequel is an homage and the sequel, right? And and then you have Stan is listening to the prequel and which is immediately followed by the sequel on this album. There's like a mild universe building going on here. It's like it's like the Terminator, right? You're trying to put 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 the chronology. Yeah, which together. one's Terminator genital? That's what it was, right? Genital. So Kim is a prequel in the sequel. Eminem drags Kim. Kim's dead. He puts her in the trunk and he drives and he throws her into the ocean. And on Kim, he fights with Kim and then he kills her. What What did you think when you first heard this? Certainly really aggressive. When I first heard it, it probably went, went, went one in one ear and out the other. I don't, I don't know. These sorts of things don't affect me. I don't, the internet it's has like, numbed like me the, to all things. The, it's like the Yeezus, right? It's like, 
he went in a very different direction for this song. It's personal, very clearly. It's not quite as made up as it, you know, feelings-wise. It could be a very real, I, coming I, I from a real area. Awkward it was in, in the recording studio. He, he did the vocals in one take, but, I mean, imagine being the producer and he's yeah, just you, like... You, you don't go, good job, bud, when you come out of that one, right? Like, high fives. So, so um, the song is controversial because he you know, he kills his girlfriend, his wife or whatever. He kills his wife. But, you know, not to defend the song, but if you listen to it, he is conflicted. And <laughs> maybe I shouldn't admit this, but... I do get a kick out of when he's just like yelling at his wife and then a car honks at him <laughs> and he goes, what the fuck is this guy's problem on the side of me? Fuck you, asshole. Uh, so, you know, he made time in the lyrics to yell at a car that, that, that feels like he's, dri- he's not driving well. Well, that's why maybe situationally, I'm sure this is coming from some some real stuff, you know, like. Yeah, so that's uh, something that could have very easily have happened, and you just uh, write it trivia, in. Trivia: This is the first song Eminem wrote for the album. It was actually completed before the Slim Shady LP. So he's been sitting on—he had been sitting on this song. The tone of the rest of the album, and even you know, musically and everything else, is it, a it, it does different. it does fit with the, the 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 darker tone of the previous album. Yes, definitely. And this is uh, the third and final song in the album. With censored lyrics, there's a laying dead with a slit throat in your living room. No, it's it's there's a year old little laying dead. So it's a there's a four year old boy. They censored the four and the boy. I I, I can appreciate <laughs> the fact that he never re-recorded anything. He's like, I'm that's it. That's what it. That's what I wanted. So this is incorrect, but someone claims that it's bleeped out because it's illegal to talk about slitting little kids' throats, but it's not illegal. I mean, Perhaps yeah, unwise and uncouth. Like I I don't, I don't think he wanted to go back in and re-record this. No. Right. No, this is a one take and uh, I'm out. You're not going to get that one back. I I was looking around today as to whether Eminem has ever performed this song live. And message boards say that he has, but I can't confirm or deny it. The rumor is that he performed it once in Detroit with Kim in the audience. And he had a sex doll dressed up as Kim. And after the performance... Kim was so traumatized that she attempted suicide. Oh, what a sweet man. Yes. But maybe he didn't perform Kim. Because uh, I also read that he and Kim have reconciled, or like he and his mother have reconciled. So there are some songs nowadays that he doesn't perform, like Cleaning Out My Closet, because he just doesn't want to talk about these people in public anymore. Because, because he's also a 40-year-old. <laughs> he's grown up mildly, is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Kim was deemed too explicit for the clean version of the Marshall Mathers LP and was replaced on the clean version or the Walmart version with the kids, which is inspired by South Park. (laughs) He does a impersonation of Mr. Mackey or is he a character that sounds like Mr. Mackey? No, he's doing an impersonation of Mr. Mackey. So the kids is about not doing drugs. I I don't know why he just didn't include it on the, the dirty version too, but... It's a bit of Eminem, a it's a bit of a gimmicky track though. Yeah, Eminem does Cartman, and he um, does and he does Cartman earlier in the album too. There's some yeah. there's some background. Cartman's. I think Eminem does Wendy too, but Mr. Mackey, he, 
the chorus is sung in Mr. Mackey voice. Yes. So. Drugs are bad. <laughs> okay. Track 17, Under the Influence, featuring D12. So talk about lazy, lazy choruses. You can suck my dick if you don't like my shit, because I was high when I wrote this, so suck my dick. I'm guessing they were, and that's as good as it was going to get then when they wrote it. So, okay, so this seems like the D12 album was released the following year. And this feels like a back a backdoor pilot for the D12 album. Like, let me introduce my friends. Oh yeah, this is the crew introduction here. And what a terrible introduction this this song is. Um, it's not like Nelly didn't introduce the Saint Lunatics, man. They all do it. You got you got it. It's just to. like, gosh, what a bunch of what a bunch of losers. The D12 was not not great. I, Purple pills, you know, I like. So this song even sounds like the D12, the first D12 album, Devil's Night. Mm-hmm. And again, we have Bizarre, jacking my dick off in a bed of barbed wire. You know, the only- <laughs> the, the, uh, the, 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 the genius annotation or explanation of that line. This line is a testament to how hardcore and insane he is. He's crazy enough to masturbate with barbed wire. Because he deems himself tough enough and insane enough. So, the only redeeming factor of any D12 stuff is just Michigan references. So, Detroit, Michigan references that I get. Do you remember uh, the D12 album was released in 2001? And I believe D12 joined Warp Tour that yeah, year. They did so, play, yeah. They without Eminem. <laughs> Who wants to see D12 without Eminem? I. <laughs> That, that, that's how I feel about you know how a lot of uh, you couldn't expect him to be there. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, you know, the problem is like you need him there, right? He's he's the whole draw of D twelve. They they had two albums. I mean, you're not talking like there's a fan base here. So, you, you, but you also can't expect Eminem to be around when they were like touring but, around. Eminem wasn't on all the tracks on the D twelve album. But all the singles were the ones featuring Eminem, Purple Pills and, and Fight Music. And mm-hmm. why do I remember this? So what I was saying is, you know how hip hop songs all have features nowadays? It's 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 like D12 without Eminem is like seeing someone perform a song with like featured rappers, but just they perform their 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 stanza or. That's it. That's all you get, and it just feels incomplete. Well, it makes it difficult to go perform that song, and then so, so you lose that no featured person. Or yeah. we have holograms, right? Well, part of the problem is a lot of people's tracks with featured people are their biggest, their biggest track. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's it, it's particularly weird if like you sing the chorus, you you are you sing the chorus of a popular song but you don't have the rappers to tour with you. And so all you can do is sing the chorus. <laughs> this is this is a very major hip hop issue. A little bit of a pop issue too, but this is a this is a this is a problem that hip hop has that not a lot of other genres of music do. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the stuff I listen to and it's just like, well, I saw this band and so and so wasn't there to the fuck, I don't know, play blast beats on the on the drum. I mean, that guy's in the band, so that just doesn't work that way. This is a particularly unique problem to hip hop. Last track, track 18, Criminal. 
it begins as a direct reference to the last track on Slim Shady LP. And then Eminem goes goes nuts with the homophobia and robs a bank. So we were talking about Sonny Bono earlier. Uh, What is it? Hey, it's me, Versace. Whoops, somebody shot me. And I was just checking the mail. Get it? Checking the mail. I listened to it as a you know, 37, 30-something-year-old. And this none of this bothered me as a teenager. Like, the skit, where, the skit in the song where Eminem robs a bank and then shoots the teller, that was, you know, we all lolled when we, when we heard that. And I don't, th- I don't think this song ages well. Like, if, if the Marshall Mathers LP was released today, people would point to this song and go, like, you can't say hate fags. The answer is yes, right? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, <laughs> and again, so as I got older and I got a lot taller, my dick shrunk smaller, but my balls got larger. I mean, I'm against, ref- again, referencing how his balls i still think he has an issue he needs to get checked out guys right and he's comfortable admitting to not having a a a large wiener Uh, oh uh, my mistake this is the i said it about kim but this is the fourth song on the album i well no i think this one was intentional so he says i drink more liquor to fuck you up quicker then you'd want to fuck me up for saying the word blank. And it's clear the N-word the is supposed to be there. But the thing is, he doesn't say the N-word at all on this, and this whole album. He says every other, every other word. He says, you know, faggot a bunch. He says cunt, you know, fuck shit. But he doesn't say the N-word at all. I mean, that lyric definitely, though, that's a play on... Right. The so pause there. I mean, this is not censored by the record. The record label let it fly, but he doesn't say the N word at all, and it only appears on what's well, only said by the black people who feature on the album, like on Bitch Please Two, um, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg say. He's he's aware. He's smart. He's so smart like, enough to know. That, that's his line, right? I, I won't go there. <laughs> uh, it's clever. Sexism? It's clever in its oh, usage. Right. Um, but we'll, we'll, I'm going to draw the line at, at the N word, I suppose like kike, he wouldn't, he probably doesn't know that word, but he does say every other expletive you can probably imagine. I suspect there's some data analysis somewhere that, uh, someone has done that probably could tell you what, what he's missing. So Marshall Matters LP, he references Christopher Reeve twice. Maybe Tweece, <laughs> Threes, uh, Sonny Bono, Johnny Versace, Paul Simon. Marky Mark. Yeah, Marky Mark. Christina Aguilera, Fred uh, Durst. Hodgepodge of uh, relevant at the time and, uh, and uh, slightly dated. Uh, we, 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 we should have seen it coming. He, he, I don't does it does do it think, does it make you sad i feel think, i feel like you're forlorn about this like you oh, are you're a bit oh, sad oh, 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 let's wrap this up with two questions one do you think eminem ever grew out of this 
phase of his creativity in terms of references. In terms of the references, it doesn't seem like it, no. No. Still doing Ken Kniff, still bringing up, you know, boy bands. I mean, is he just locked in a time period in his head? I mean, I, I thought I thought he had matured with that relapse album, right? The first single was not was not another real slim shady. Do you? But do you enjoy the ones that are just like so serious? Obviously, his popularity has waned immeasurably. I mean, I, I, have you have you listened to the the, the Marshall Mothers LP two? I I've I've heard a couple of tracks off it. I've I, yeah. It. So me too. So I remember. I think Berserk was the first single, and I, I, I was just, it was just sad. <laughs> it was just sad. And I mean, so, like, uh, lightning in like, a bottle is gone, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what, what happened? Going back, is it is it just because right, right, right place at the right time? Like, he was who was the polar opposite of NSYNC and Britney Spears, and 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 that's why he struck a nerve. But are you or, saying or, he's? Or, or are we just older and have we grown out of it? Think hip hop's fickle. I mean, nobody lasts forever. It's tough. I mean, what do you what do you do? He's continually released music. It continually it sells decently. People are still buying his albums, even in an age when people don't buy albums, they actually still buy his stuff. So, uh, what do you do? I mean, you know, you get you collaborate with Kendrick Lamar, which he did. You know, like you just those features go up. I don't know. What do you do? And 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 going back. Now that we've run through the album, I, I just I just don't know about the reception. I mean, the reception was pretty. It was in the news when this when this album dropped in in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, people were irate uh, about the lyrical content in this album, and I just think about Twitter. The landscape is. Well, the, the media landscape is completely I mean, different I, now. I, I don't want to bring up the whole safe spaces and you know snowflake uh, culture, but I don't know. There's also a shit ton of other things going on. Do you think this would even make a blip? Like this came out, I don't know, from last November to now. Do you think this would even make a dent in anything? Would anybody even give a shit? It's possible that no, nobody really would. There's a lot of other things going you, on. You, you, okay, let, let's, let's frame it as this. Imagine if Eminem was the biggest rapper in the world right now, and he released this album, okay. right? Imagine if he was Chance the Rapper, and he released this album. Chance is too nice for that. Right. Um, so so maybe, maybe the world has just passed Eminem by. He's still trapped in his, in, in his box. But that's the Which thing, is though, fine. is if he's still doing the same thing, then you think people would uh, would like dissect it a little more, or would be just as critical. The lens would be what it is if he's still doing the same thing. So maybe he really isn't doing the same thing, or maybe we just don't care enough anymore at all. Maybe we're over the shtick if he's still doing yeah. the same thing. So Eminem raps Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you can find me elsewhere at adamruff.com. You can find me on Twitter at Zombieologist, and we'll see you in the next one. I'm out of noodles. Ah. The, you, know, the, you know, the light is reflecting off of the bare plate. Okay, well, let's just forget about this Yeah, but for it's a blinding second. me. I can't even get the plate to the... Okay, I got to fill this plate. I'm going to start... Matt, come I'm on. I'm going... Dude, you got to get more noodles, too. Come on. Let's get quick noodles, no, I don't then we'll come back. Noodles. 
Bird. I don't need any more noodles, okay? But I do, so yeah. fuck him and fuck you too. Eminem. Okay.